You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. What is up, Colts fans? Joe Hopkins here bringing you another bonus episode of the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. We will hear from Chris Ballard, Frank Wright, and all seven of the Colts draft picks. And we got to start with the first one at the top. Quiddy Pay, first round pick, defense vend out of Michigan. Here he is. Your reaction, was this a surprise? Um, and had you had a lot of communication with the Colts? And, and what do you know about how you fit in here? Yeah, no, um, I had about like three meetings with them. Um, real good meetings, long meetings. So um, wasn't a surprise, I would say. Do you know anything about how, how maybe you fit into what they want to do here? No, yeah, no. Bob Kravitz. You uh, told your mother she could retire. And I wonder what she has meant to you through this journey and what it means to you to be able to tell her she doesn't have to work multiple jobs to make ends meet anymore. You know, just uh, it means everything. That was my goal my whole life growing up, just seeing how hard she worked. That's what made me work harder. So being able to tell her that she's done means a lot. Jake Arthur. Hey, Quiddy, welcome to Indy. Uh, so you're Thank coming you. to a place that's got kind of a rich recent history and pass rushers with Dwight Preeny and, and Robert Mathis. What's that mean to come to a team like that where you're potentially next in line? You know, um, it's exciting for sure to be able to go to that program, um, work with the D-line there, a great D-line, and just work. George Primer. Quiddy, I'm wondering how familiar you are with the, the defensive personnel here and, and what do you think about playing alongside a guy like DeForest Buckner? Um, not that familiar, but big fan of uh, uh, DeForest Buckner and just decided to go work with him. Zach Kiefer. Hey, Quiddy, what, um, throughout the draft process, it was a weird one the last couple of months. What was the feedback you got in, in your skill set? What do you feel like is NFL ready and what do you feel like you need to get better at it to, to be productive at this level. I think a lot of teams kind of saw me as that three, four outside linebacker side player. But um, I feel like kind of like just when it gets to the league, just um, improving my pass rush. Joel Erickson. Uh, Quee, what, what was your feeling going into tonight? And what was your, your reaction when the call came and you found out you were getting picked? Um, it was a good feeling last night. I was kind of anxious, a little excited, but woke up this morning. I was cool. And then going throughout the draft, I was just, I was just waiting for the call. And I was, I was blessed to be picked by the Colts. Does, does your, does your story and your journey go through your head in that moment? Or is it just expect to go in the first round or? What was the question? Did, did, does, does, does all, all the stuff you've been through, I mean, obviously your story is kind of famous now, but does all that stuff kind of go to your head real quickly when, when you reach your goal or? Yeah. I mean, like once I, once I was done, once I got picked, turned around and saw like my, my family there, it was just kind of uh, heartwarming. And that's when I kind of like started, started to uh, remember all the long nights and um, yeah, just all the hard work that I put in throughout the years. Jim Milo. Hey, Quiddy, congratulations. Just to kind of double back on that same question, what, who was it that called you? Was it, was it Chris Ballard? And then what did he, what did he say to you when, when he told you you were going to be the pick? I can't really uh, recall, to be honest. It was just someone called me and said, 
we're going to pick you. And I was just excited. The other question I really want, I really quickly wanted to ask was I know there was some question about, I'm sorry if I don't know, troponin levels earlier this week. Can you, can you kind of tell us what happened there? Yeah, no, I, it was like high troponin levels. And then when I tested again, the troponin levels went all the way down. So it was fine for that. But yeah. Nothing you're concerned about? No, no, sir. Kim Bowen? Quiddy, for um, those that haven't seen you play, how would you describe your style? Um, blue collar, I would say, just chasing the ball every every time I could get a chance to uh, tackle, I I just go out there and do it. And then you said three, four outside backers, what a lot of teams, or at least you thought, projected you at at Michigan. What was your role? And do you guys play three, four, four, three? Uh, it wasn't the four, three. I played weak side. Mike Chapel. are you in Providence now? Is that? Where you guys are kind of had your gathering? We're in Denver. Okay. Okay. And a, a lot of young kids have the goal or, or the dreams of being NFL. When did that become something that you thought was not a dream, but real, realistic? Um, going into college, I, don't, I didn't think it was that real, to be honest. Um, I took school really seriously because I was like, I want to, Wish I get good grades, so I could get a good job. But then after like my junior year of college, that's when um, I started getting my name put on mock drafts and whatnot. And that's when I realized that I could go to the next level. So you always had sort of, you were sort of planning on a fallback or maybe a, a real job instead of a football job until this is not the right yeah. emerged. Yeah. And we'll go one more question, Taylor Tannenbaum. To follow up on that, first of all, congratulations. Uh, second of all, what was your track going to be then what was the job that you maybe had in mind if you didn't think it was going to be football I was wanting to go into like law enforcement uh I was a big fan of criminal minds and whatnot so I wanted to go into FBI and do that stuff aren't we all okay and my other question is how familiar <laughs> how familiar are you with Indianapolis I know obviously Big Ten you have schools around here but have you been here and when do you plan on making your first trip here I don't know if you've even thought that far ahead yet uh, tomorrow, but um, my my first time going there was uh, a couple weeks ago for uh, the combine. But yeah, that was my first and only time. You just heard from defensive end Quiddy Pay. Now let's hear what Chris Ballard thinks about his first round pick. All right, so good night, good night for the Colts, um, good night for our city. Um, couldn't be more excited. Look, I've we've I've made some pretty easy picks where you just knew, you know, when you pulled a card, it was an easy pull, and, and pulling the card of Quitty Pay was very easy. Stands for everything we want to stand for. Um, he's in a position of, you know, that we all know is important, a defensive end. We think, we think he's got really big upside. We think he's going to continue to get better, um, and he's going to add to our front. Um, he's got an unbelievable story. Um, and – just feel very fortunate, you know, tonight, you know, sometimes it goes your way. And tonight we, f we feel like it went our way. Um, we had opportunities um, to move back that I think you all know that we like to do, but we love the player and uh, the price of moving back. We just didn't think it was worth it. Um, the ability to get a, a pass rusher with high character that stands for all the values that we do as an organization and 
and is going to be a great representative of our club and the city. Um, we just thought was too strong to pass up, um, but can't be more excited about it. Um, this guy's going to be a tremendous play player for us. Um, all right, fire away. George Bremer. Hey, George. Chris, you said the other day uh, there were five or six difference makers in this draft. I'm wondering, um, first of all, if Quiddy was on that list. We think he's got really high upside, George. Um, and his tape's good. I mean, Quiddy's got really good tape. Um, and, he, and he fits our scheme, you know, really well. And, you know, the one thing you'll – the one thing with, with him that I think is – I mean, like, the effort that our players defensively – it's an adjustment for new players that come in the building, whether they're rookies or free agents. It, it won't be an adjustment for him. He plays the way we want to play. You talk about adversity all the time. It's something that, you know, you'd like to see guys who've overcome that. How high on that scale is he with what he's been through? I'll tell you this. I, I, you know, I saw the video when it came out and I got teary-eyed watching it. Um, you know, his mother, you know, just what a tremendous lady and what she did for her kids and what they went through. Um, you know, she deserves a lot of credit. Stephen Holder. Hey, Chris. Uh, hey, you Stephen. mentioned the other day you, you – you emphasize that, you know, you won't panic and um, you won't, you know, just take a guy to take a guy at a position of need. Uh, I, I think, is that what we're seeing here? Because, um, I mean, you had options at offensive tackle and you just, you stuck with a guy that seems like it's your guy. Is that, yep. is that fair? Yes, that's very fair. Um, we, I just feel, look, I mean, I, we talk about this all the time, you know, um, when you for, when you force something, it it you usually create two holes, and you can't do that in the draft. You have to take what you think is the best player at the time, um, and look if it's even, then sure we'll we'll take the need. But we didn't think it was even. Um, we thought we thought we we acquired a player that has got some unique talent um, and the character to match. I mean that's hard, like. Like, I think that's one of the things that people don't realize. Like, it's easy to draft talent. That's, that's, that's not hard to do. Um, but to draft talent with character, uh, that, that's, diff you know, that's difficult. That's, that doesn't always come together. And we've been very, really fortunate you know, around here to be able to do it um, as part of who we are and what we look for. And we're very hard. Our scouts do a tremendous job. Um, vetting each and every player and we have a very strict criteria of what we're looking for and there's guys that we pass that unequivocally could probably help us but they just doesn't make them bad guys that make them bad they just don't fit us that's okay um but when you get one that's got you know so a unique skill set with character and that's a that's a beautiful thing jake arthur um, so it was a unique opportunity. You guys uh, didn't grab a tackle first, which is, is you know, that, that's by design on your part for best player. But how unique is it to have potentially a handful now on day two? Um, you know, one of the things that 
was interesting about this year, like, you know, when I talked about the depth of the O-line, and I do think it's really good, like one of the uncertainties, and there's some really good players on the offensive line, but they weren't prototypical left tackles. You know, that that's real. Doesn't mean they can't do it. Um, matter of fact, some of the guys taken, we we thought we think they can, uh, but they weren't prototypical. Um, so we like the depth, you know, in the draft on the offensive line, but who knows how to, I, I don't know how tomorrow's going to go. Um, if we see a player in another position we like um, that we think is going to help us get to where we want to go, we'll, and he's better than, you know, an offensive line position, then we'll take him and then we'll figure it out as we go along this season. The season doesn't, you know, we got a ways to go for the season starts. Zach Kiefer. Hey, Zach. Hey, Chris. Um, a lot of guys at 21 that a lot of people didn't think were going to be there. I'm sure you guys had some options. I'm just curious. What was the discussion like? Was it surprise that pay fell? Was it easy? You said you had some options to move back. How did it go and how quick of a decision was it? It was easy. Um, it was really easy. You know, we had a, you know, we had a, we had a trade offer. It wasn't, it wasn't enough, you know, to pass the player we were going to take. Um, it just wasn't enough value for, for us to say, let's move and, and, and pass a player that, you know, we, we think very highly of that fits our culture and fits what we want to do. Bob Kravitz. Yeah, Chris, uh, hey, you Bob. mentioned his, hi, you mentioned his incredible backstory. I wonder how, it impacted you and your decision as you started to dive into his background and see that video that you mentioned. Well, I mean, look, uh, well, first he's got good tape. All right. So that's, that's number one. All right. To get, to get put on the board in the first round, you you've got to have really good tape. All right. Then you got to go through the rest of the, the process. What his backstory tells you is this kid is a, you know, he's got a, he's got some survival skills and when it gets hard, when it gets hard in this league, he's going to be able to handle it. Like that's one of the, it's, it's really different. This is a hard league. I mean, it's hard and you're going to fail. Players are going to fail. Um, you're going to have some bad moments and you've got to have something inside of you that allows you to push through it. I, I think it's one of the really good things that our scouts are able to do is to find those type of players from, from Quentin, you know, to Braden, to Darius, you can go down the list of guys who have had their, you know, they might not have had the first start to their careers. Great, but they just kept battling and they have a confidence level um, that they're going to be, they're going to be good players in this league. And, you know, I think, I think Quiddy has that. Okay, we're going to go three more. Mike Wells. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, um, hey um, it's no secret how uh, Flus runs his defense, you know, play through the whistle, go hard. What was it about Quiddy on tape that said, okay, this guy is a guy, and, you know, he, he has the tools to fit into this scheme, to have that energy that, that Darius and the Forest and all those guys play with? Um, it's, it was really easy, you know, because his energy, you know, you always look for guys who pop. You know, do they pop on tape when you're watching, you know, all 22 of them who pops off the tape and Quiddy pops off the tape one with his one with his athleticism and his speed, but, but also with his effort. 
Um, I mean, this kid, you know, he plays, he already plays the way we want to play. Um, he's going to fit in pretty quickly. I know our defensive players were pretty excited. I heard from a few of them. Joel Erickson. Chris, you, you've mentioned a couple of times how easy it was to do the pick. Was, was Quiddy by far the best pass rusher on your board? There was some, there was a good, there was a couple other guys that were really good. We had them all right in the same range. Um, but he's the one that fit us the best. All right. Last one, JJ. Hey, Chris, you t- you've talked a lot about the culture on defense and how Quiddy fits in it so well, but when you drop a player like him that does fit so well in there with or already within the established culture, like what can that do for a defense and a team? Well, I mean, it's a collective effort. You know, the star of the defense is the defense. I mean, Rod, I learned that from Rod Marinelli, you know, it's the, it's all of them, you know, it's all 11. And and when you continue to drop talent um, that plays with the effort that we want to play with is you're just going to continue to, you know, to ascend. I mean, look, I mean, this, this organization has got a great history of, you know, with, with Freeney and Mathis, you know, some of the great rushers. I mean, I'm not, you know, people, my wife asked me, you know, you get excited. Well, absolutely. I get excited on draft day, but I'm also a realist where they got to come perform. Like I've almost sobered up, you know, the more I've done this where, all right, I know, I know what we've got a really good player here. Okay. Now let's go to the next step. And he's got to come and go through the process of being and developing into a good player. He is a rookie. He's going to be a rookie. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to get crazy with the expectations, but you know, we think very highly of him. He's going to fit right in. He'll come in and compete um, and he'll be a big part of it. We're on to the second round now where the Colts took defensive end Deo Odangbo with the 54th overall pick. Here's what he had to say after being drafted. Uh, just, to, uh, just to get out of the way, if you give us a little bit of history of the Achilles, when you did it, how you did it, and I guess more important, when you will be ready to play. Uh, yeah, um, so I, I did it back in January, the end of the January, um, training for the Senior Bowl, just uh, trying to prepare to do my best out there, and um, just basically playing it wrong, took a bad step, uh, kind of like a freak accident. So, um, so yeah, so right now I'm on the road to recovery. Um, I'm three months in and I'm just kind of working my working, working hard to get back as soon as possible. So, so you, you really don't know, I mean, training camp or September, you really, is it just hard to know? Yeah. I mean, it it varies just kind of on how, uh, um, how an individual goes. So, I mean, I can't really give a, a hard date for you right now. Joel Erickson. Did you say, Real quick, did you say uh, you say the Forest Buckner was already contacting you? Um, I'm I'm not exactly sure. There's a lot of notifications going through. I can't exactly exactly uh, tell, but it's a possibility. Well, what was your expectation going into this weekend after the injury? Where, where did you think you'd be taken? Um, I after I was pretty confident that I'd go today at some point. Uh, I mean, I was kind of just waiting to hear so uh, yeah I mean I'm, I'm I'm blessed to just be in this position I'm happy to be a part of this 
uh, franchise. So uh, I'm just excited to get to work. Stephen Holder. Hey, Daniel. Um, one of the things the, the Colts have, have said is that they just want to be really uh, physically intimidating and, and just really get after people physically. Does that fit your style? And, and how do you feel like you adapt to how, how can you bring something to that approach that they want to take? Uh, yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, I, that's a big part of my game is is uh, kind of my physical uh, attributes and trying to impose my will on other players. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel like I bring that physicality to my game. And I think that kind of physicality and motor shows up on my tape and that kind of relentlessness. So, um, yeah, I definitely think I fit that bill and uh, I'll, I'll kind of be a great addition to this this franchise. So. And just one quick clarification: in, in a four-three, where do you think you play? Do you are you an end? Are you a tackle, or just you know you're just a player? I mean, I sorry this sorry. <laughs> I kind of just call myself a defensive lineman. I mean, I play on the defensive line um, all across it. So nine to zero, it doesn't matter where I need to be. And I think that's kind of what adds to my game is being able to line up in multiple positions. So I really wouldn't. Uh, kind of classify myself in one box. I think uh, kind of leaving that open is kind of what's been a big part of my success in the past and what's gotten me to this point. Taylor Tannenbaum. Uh, hey, congratulations. Uh, I know I know you aren't certain if it was DeForest Buckner or not, but it sounded like if it were, you were really excited about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be able to work with a guy like that, it seems like, you obviously know a lot about him. What does that mean to you? And then what do you hope to learn from someone like him? Yeah, I mean, I kind of pride myself of being a student of the game. And I've watched a lot of his film just kind of and the way he's kind of versatile and kind of our similar body types. And um, so I've watched a lot of his film. And uh, I mean, I'm just happy to be able to get down there and be able to work with uh, work with him and work with the other guys, work with the D-line coach. Uh, be able to work with Robert Mathis, who's uh, around the around the sorry around the franchise. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to get down there and work and soak in as much knowledge as I can and really become the type of player I believe I can be. So on the Mathis topic, is that somebody that you know and you've spoken to before, or you just obviously watched his game in the past? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I've watched a lot of his game and. Uh, I actually have spoken to him in a different capacity. So um, he trains a lot of guys. So I've spoken to him in that kind of sense. So uh, it really has nothing to do with this, but it is kind of, uh, I have talked to him and been in contact with him outside of this kind of realm. Zach Kiefer. Dale, congratulations. Um, Thank you. An injury in January is just really unfortunate timing for a draft prospect. I'm curious, how did that, evolve over the last couple of months in your conversations with teams? Did you feel like it knocked you down further than, you You know, would you have gone higher without the injury? How did it play into your psyche kind of the last couple of months? I mean, for me, I, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. So that's kind of the mentality I came in with. Um, I really didn't give myself any time to feel sorry for myself. I tried to attack it uh, full force ahead. So um, do I feel like it dropped me? I mean, I mean, it's a possibility. Uh, I personally feel like uh, I'm a very talented athlete. I'm, I'm blessed to be in this position. So, uh, I mean, do I feel like I could have 
ended up going higher had I had a senior bowl and pro day. I mean, that's very much a possibility. And I know injuries do drop people. So I mean, there's no telling, but I mean, I'm happy exactly where I am. I know that I'm going to the right situation. So um, yeah, I'm really just excited. Jim Ayala. Hey, Dio, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I know. I know you said you 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 know willing to play all over the line and versatile, but is there a place you prefer? You know, rushing the pass, or you prefer doing that from the inside or out? Um, like I said, I really don't have a preference. Like um, in college, I got asked to do everything, so I rush. Like I said, I rush from a nine technique to a zero t technique and everything in between. So I did it pretty consistently at each position. So uh, I think. Each of them have their own perks and their, have their own differences, and I, I enjoy them all in their own way. So uh, I really just like being on the field, like being able to be disruptive and get out to quarterbacks, get off through the ball carrier. So uh, I really don't have a preference to answer your question. Do you, do you I mean, when in your talks with the Colts, do you, did you expect that that was something they liked about you, is that you could kind of play all over the line? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely uh, added a lot to kind of my um, – hyper kind of um, what they liked about me in, in different, uh, sorry, <laughs> what they liked, what the Colts liked about me and what other teams kind of liked about me. So um, that definitely was a big part of my uh, pre-draft process and my draft process and kind of one of the, one of my big strengths that was able to put me in this position to be able to be drafted, so. A lot of congratulations text you're getting right now. Yeah, phone. I can't even <laughs> see half of y'all, so sorry. And we'll do last question, Kevin Bowen. Hey, Dio, I guess first, are we pronouncing your name right? Do you mind pronouncing your first and last name for us? I feel like we're all we're all over the board. No, you good. It's Dio Odangbo, so Dio Odangbo. And then uh, my actual question is just how much contact did you have with the Colts throughout this process, and did you have a feeling that, you know, they could be calling your name at 54. I mean, it was definitely a weird process. Obviously, it was different than other years, and each team kind of handled it differently. So I know a lot of teams were more hand off, hands on, and some were more hands off. So um, I'm not gonna lie, I was I was pretty surprised uh, with the pick. Uh, I've had some contact with the Colts, obviously, but I can't just say that they're one of the teams I talk to the most. So. Uh, but obviously they did their due diligence and I'm sure they talked to my coaches, all that, but um, yeah, I, I was honestly surprised. So but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was Deo Odangbo out of Vanderbilt. Now let's check out what Chris Ballard has to say about his second round pick. All right. Thank y'all. Um, really excited uh, to get Dio. Um, first, let me address the injury, um, you know, he had a torn Achilles in late January. Um, and we thought it was worth the risk. Uh, this kid's a unique, unique talent. We would have considered him in the first round if he was, uh, if he hadn't got injured. And I think a lot of teams would have. Um, and to be honest with you, I was kind of sweating it out at, where we were picking if we were going to be able to get him um, because we had kind of, you know, targeted him. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have gone pretty quickly after us. There were some teams I know that, you know, really liked him. Um, 
But I think, you know, you know, defensively, we're going to be front driven and we want to be able to play eight, nine guys if we can in a rotation. Um, and with the added 17th game, I think it's going to be really important um, that we have a, a, a strong rotation. Um, there's no timeline on when he's going to be ready. Um, we'll, we'll, let the, we'll let the young man get healthy. And, you know, when he's ready to go, he'll go. Um, but he is a unique, unique talent. Morocco Brown uh, did a lot of work on him, as did Chad Henry. But Morocco gave him a really good nickname, called him the Human Hurricane. Um, I mean, he's all a 6'5 and 280 pounds, you know, with really long arms and really big upside, you know, as a rusher. He is as disruptive a defensive player as we saw on tape, uh, you know, this past fall. Um, but excited to get him. Um, think we've made our front better on, on defense. And, you know, with the losses of Autry and Justin, we knew we had some work to do. Um, and we've still got players there we like, but we have just created great. There's nothing. Look, when you want to have great competition to play, um, you got to have talent. And I think we've added talent and I think it's going to up the, up the intensity and tempo of the group. Um, they all play hard anyways, but now, now it's going to be competition for snaps. And that's a, that's a good thing. All right. Uh, George, George Bremer. Hey, George. Hey, Chris. Uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but is this similar to last year with the Julian Blackman pick where the, the talent of the player uh, just overrode whatever injury concerns were there? Yes. Yes, very similar. Mike Chappell. Chris, the obvious question is you, you said you were not going to force picks and you didn't for a position. An offensive tackle, was there just someone not there either when you're on the clock or worth moving up to get? What would yeah, you think at the position? That's a good question, Mike. I mean, we, we understand, you know, that how important the offensive line is. Um, we had some guys go right in front of us. Um, and, you know, and we had, to be honest with you, we had, you know, Dio ranked higher. Um, and, you know, you can't, you just can't force it. Um, we've got time. You know, we still got, you know, four more draft picks here you know, in the second day. And then, you know, we've got till September. Um, so we'll continue to work through it. One thing, just a quick, quick follow-up on it, on working through it. So much talk about doing it internally, moving guys around. It, it, is that seriously a consideration or do you like to leave four guys alone and mess with just the one spot? No, we, right now we would probably leave the four guys alone. You know, they, you know, they've all, produced at a you know a really high level um and then we'll work from there okay charlie you. clifford hey charlie hey chris between the human hurricane nickname and the personality we saw with dio i i think there's going to be some magic there what can you tell us about just the kid in general the human being um you know really good i mean he, look any guy we take we think fits our when they hit up that board we think they he fits our culture and fits what we want to do. There is no doubt he fits the way we want to play. I mean, his like the two young men we just took play the way we want to play. Um, and that is with high effort and intensity. And they're going to be tremendous fits to the room and to our football team. Stephen Holder. 
question, Chris. Um, where does where does Dio play? Uh, is he a tackle? Is he an end? Um, just how you see him fitting in? Um, look, I think he can play anywhere, to be quite honest with you. Um, he can play left end. He can kick inside and play the three. I think he can play right end. Um, I think he's got a lot of flexibility. And I think that's the one thing that's, you know, even with, with Quiddy, he can, you know, Quiddy can go inside and rush. Taekwon can go inside and rush. Rochelle can go inside and rush. So we've got some guys that got a lot of flexibility and it's going to give our staff um, a chance to really mix and match defensively to number one. Look, it, I mean, this league's about getting to the quarterback on pat, you know, when, you know, on passing downs and, you know, the ability to keep guys fresh and mix and match and get your best four rushers on the field. Um, it's, it's important. It's critical. It, it's, it's how you win games. Zach Kiefer. Chris, real quick, you hinted uh, at this a second ago, two defensive linemen for the first two picks. Likely that Justin Houston is not back. Um, you know, we got a pretty full room. We got a pretty full room, and I love Justin. Um, but we've got a pretty full room at this time. And then secondly, um, you have in the past, you know, each draft has kind of had a theme. You attacked certain areas of the team, and after the draft, you kind of let us know this is what we wanted to accomplish. Is it pretty clear that you left this season and, and said, we want to get some pass rush, we want to get bigger and, and get more uh, oomph on the defensive line? Um, you know, we lost two really good players, you know, and Danico and, and Justin, um, who we knew was, were going to be very difficult to replace. And, you know, financially with some of the things you have, you know, they're not, they're not cheap in free agency. They don't, they don't come cheap. So we thought the best way to accomplish that was going to be through the draft. And it just worked out that way. I mean, you never, you know, you always want to, we're always going to be a front driven team anyways. Um, and we were able to focus on the defensive line at this point, just kind of how it fell. Okay. We'll go two more Kevin bone. Hey, Chris, um, you, you mentioned the four offensive linemen, you know, I, ideally keeping them in the same spots that they played in. Do you feel like your starter at left tackles in your building right now, or do you think that's something you still have to go out and find? Well, we got a couple of young men that have that have played a lot of football in this league. You know, Tevi and and he's he's played a lot of football. So and he's played winning football. Um, so we'll see as we go forward. We'll create competition. You know, we'll continue to look at the market. We'll continue to look in the draft, and we'll create competition, and we'll get the best five guys on the field um, that'll play winning football. Last one, Joel Erickson. Chris, you, you've mentioned the depth on the offensive line class in the draft. Is, is it still possible to find a, a guy who can who can really compete there to, to play right away? I uh, left. We'll, yeah, that's a good question. We'll see. Um, there's some guys we like um, that are still, you know, in this part of the draft. So we'll see. It's hard. Look, finding a left. I mean, I think I told you all this the other day. Finding a left tackle is not the easiest um position to find and and you know I think I you know there was a lot of really good players on the offensive line and there still is guys that are going to start in the league um but specifically a left tackle we'll see you know sometimes you need a little luck when you hit on one late in the you know you know after the second third round Chris All right, if thanks, I could jump guys, in have a great night. Oh, if, go ahead. Not, 
it's not that dissimilar than your view on quarterback, right? You've been saying for a couple of years, like everyone wants you to go draft a quarterback and you're just, you're just not going to go draft one just to draft one. You're not going to just get a left tackle just because you need one. It, it, you know, you know, just because you plug a name in there <laughs> doesn't always make it the right answer. It's no different with pass rushers. Um, you know, those, those are, I would probably tell you, those are the, you know, along with corner, tackle quarterback um edge rushers and corners are the hardest to you know the hardest to find and you know you just got to continue to draft and develop and get a little luck along the way our staff does a heck of a job uh coaching these players up have a lot of faith in them um so we'll continue to do that we're on to day three now and in the fourth round the colts took smu tight end kylan granson here he is Hey, Kylan. Welcome to Indy. Thank you so much. Yeah, the uh, the Colts this offseason have kind of been on the lookout for a versatile tight end who can make big plays in the passing game. In their discussions with you, have they expressed that that's what they see in you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they uh, they definitely acknowledge my versatility as far as my pass catching ability and being able to create uh, just big plays after I catch the ball and get it into my hands. And so, you know, I, I really I'm really excited that they saw that and they decided to pick me. Thanks. Mike Chapel. Kylan, again, welcome to Indy. It's funny, you get drafted and the, the analysts are already talking about drop passes. Is that an issue? Is it not an issue? Do you listen? Is that an area to work on? What's no, that's not an issue. That was that was one game. That was a fluke game for me. Um, ever, ever since that game, you know, drops haven't been a thing. They weren't a thing before that. Um, but besides that, you know, uh, that game has just been more motivation for me to just tighten up on my craft and catch more balls than ever. And, you know, I'm so confident in my hands now, you know, I feel like I'm a totally different player from even back then. And that was, I don't know, a couple months ago. So. And, well, and quick follow-up, you seem to have settled in to be that move tight end. Are you really comfortable being a guy that's, you know, the down the field threat? And if, if, if you need to block, you can block, but that's not your primary role. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm blocking or if I'm running, you know, I'm more than willing to block, but, you know, I will acknowledge that I am a fast tight end uh, as far as that goes and I can create mismatches down the field. So if that's how they want to use me, then I'll definitely use that. Thank you. Jewel Erickson. How much, Kylan, how, how much did you talk to the Colts during the pre-draft process? How, how familiar are you, are you with their offense? I'm pretty familiar. I mean, I watched a little bit of Doyle, um, I like his, the way he moves, the way he moves as a tight end. Um, I actually watch a lot of his tape, um, but I also talked to them uh, a couple of times. You know, me and the coach got along really well. And, you know, uh, I was really excited with how our meeting went. You know, I'm, it went well enough that they decided to pick me. So I'm really more than excited to join this organization. Why, why did you watch uh, Jack Doyle tape? Oh, uh, because he's a really good uh, a pass step. I mean, he's got good hands and he's able to create separation. Granted, he's not, you know, the same skill set as me, but he still gets down the field and he's able to make catches. And he's also a good blocking tight end as well. Zach Kiefer. Kylan, congratulations. Uh, you're the first pick at tight end under Chris Ballard. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but uh, you must have hit it off with Frank Wright because he really values the tight end position. I'm curious, what did you take from those conversations? I'm sure you guys had a sit down or a Zoom. Um, what was the vibe you were getting from the head coach? Uh, I mean, I know he was really excited, you know, uh, he, he acknowledged that I was an intelligent guy, you know, coming from SMU and Rice, you know, tight ends, you got to be 
uh, renaissance man. You got to be smart. And so that, uh, that along with my packages, as far as my athleticism and being able to be a big playmaker, I mean, I feel like it was just a perfect sell to him. So, yeah. Stephen Holder. Hey, Colin, did you, did you also get the, the, uh, sense that the tight ends are really central in this offense uh, from talking to Coach Reich. I mean, he really, really puts an emphasis on that position. And I'm wondering um, how you feel about coming to a place like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, tight ends, I think, are the focal point of any offense. But, I mean, I'm glad that the coach, you know, uh, realizes that, you know, it's a really big emphasis. You know, it means a lot. It means the world to me because, I mean, it means that he realizes that I'm the real deal as far as the tight end is concerned. Jamila? Hey, Colin, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Tight, tight ends typically, young ones coming into the league, and sometimes it takes a couple of years for them to get adjusted. I was wondering why you think that might be and why you, maybe you can get adjusted to the NFL speed, uh, the speed of the game a little bit faster. Um, I feel like for tight ends, you know, you have to know a lot as far as um, it's just a lot. Um, your running assignments, your pass block assignments, and then you have to know all the formations. Really, you really have to be truly dialed in almost as much as a quarterback is because tight ends have to know, I feel like, the second most besides them. Um, so I feel like, you know, just that mental load and it may take some guys a little while to, you know, just get used to that load. And then after that, it's just getting used to the speed of the game. Cause I mean, it is the NFL, everyone's big, everyone's fast, even more so than from college. Um, and so you, I mean, just that element also, but I mean, other than that, I, I think the main reason is just how much they have to pick up. And bone. Hey, Kylan, congrats. Um, Two questions. Why the transfer from Rice to SMU? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I transferred away from Rice. Uh, my first year I was there, we went three and nine. Second year, we went one and 11. Uh, I love my coach, my head coach, Coach Bayless to death. Um, but those aren't exactly winning records, so you ended up getting fired. Um, and after he left, I basically looked at it as, you know, I have three years left to play college football, and then that's it for the rest of my life. Um, and so I came here to play for Coach Bailiff. He took a chance on me out of high school. Um, so I'm going to end out my career with a coach of my choosing. And with that mindset, you know, I decided to leave. And then how much did they move SMU? Backfield, detached stuff? Um, mm -hmm. I did the whole deal. I mean, I was detached. I was outside sometimes. I was in the backfield. I was running back. I mean, I've really done it all except play quarterback at SMU. So. And we'll do the last question, Joel Erickson. You mentioned your, your coach at SMU. Did, did you think that, and that's why you went there, did you think that he'd be able to maximize what you did more than somebody coming in who didn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Coach Dykes, I mean, he loves to throw the ball around. He also loves his tight ends. And, you know, I just feel like the way SMU's program was coming up, uh, I just saw something that was special brewing there. And I feel like uh, SMU's being put back on the map. And, you know, I'm just really excited I got the opportunity to play there. We'll keep moving along with the fifth-round pick, Florida safety Sean Davis. What kind, what coverages do you guys play at Florida, and how much uh, experience do you have in the cover two? Uh, we uh, play a lot of versatility coverages um, back at Florida. We play a lot of quarters, a lot of trap coverages, and a lot of cover two. Uh, so in cover two, I got a lot of uh, great experiences and playing too high, so uh, I'll be perfect in the system. George Bremer. Hey, Sean, congratulations. Is physicality a big part of your game? Would you say that's one of your strengths? I'd say it's um, a part of my game just because um, at the position that I play, 
Uh, you have to be very physical because you're the last line of defense. And if, you don't, if you're not physical, then it's all touchdowns coming on from the back end on your part. So I make um, being physical a part of my game and one of my physical strengths. In my Ella. Hey, Sean, congratulations. Um, what, what was your what was your um, relationship like with the Colts throughout the pre-draft process? Do you expect that they were, they were? I said, what was your what was your relationship with the Colts throughout the pre-draft process? Did you did you expect that they were going to be interested in you? Um, I just uh, felt like whoever um, I was a great player to draft. Um, whoever got me knew they was getting a steal. Um, I never knew how I'd end up in India, but hey, it's a dream come true. I'm just ready to go and ball. Andrew Walker. Hey, Sean, uh, the Colts have placed a huge emphasis on the Senior Bowl the last few years. What did you get out of that experience, um, being able to be coached by NFL staffs and play with all that talent? Just being able to play football, uh, just another day, get better another day. I mean, it was a very great experience for me, just being able to be coached by NFL coaches, seeing what it's like being coached by NFL coaches, and just having the experiences to play like with different people and all the great athletes. Um, in college football, it was a great experience for me. And Bone? Sean, did you play special teams at Florida? Yes, sir. I played all four phases of special teams throughout my college career. Would you call yourself more of a free safety or strong safety? Uh, I'd say both, uh, just because I played both and I'm very comfortable with playing both. I just call myself a safety. And in the sixth round, the Colts took a quarterback, Sam Ellinger, out of Texas. Here he is. Yeah, I had a lot of a lot of great meetings with them. Um, you know, just talking ball. It was a you know a great process, and I really enjoyed talking with everybody. Um, you know, I'm just blessed to be a Colt, and I, I can't wait for what's to come. You did? Did they tell you what they expect out of you? Right? No, no, I, I haven't talked to any of that. I think they're just uh, you know letting me letting me soak up the opportunity in the moment, and um, you know it, it hasn't been anything that we've talked about, but. Can't wait to get up to Indianapolis and talk about that. Charlie Clifford. Hey, man, congratulations. What do you want to get done year one? You've envisioned this for a while. What are some goals you've set for yourself, Sam? Well, uh, that's a great question. I think, first off, just learning as much as possible. Um, you know, learning what it takes to be successful at the next level. Obviously, going into my rookie year, there's going to be a lot of learning curves and um, getting great coaching and learning as much as possible is my main objective and doing whatever it takes to, to help the team be successful. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to uh, make everybody in the organization better and kind of that, that, that's my objective. Zach Kiefer. Sam, what do you, uh, what do you know about the, the quarterback room you're walking into? Any relationship with, with Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason? Do you know much about those guys? Do you know them personally? Well, you kind of cut out there at the end. Um, no relations with Carson. Obviously, incredible player. Um, can't wait to be around him. And then Jacob, you know, we, we've met a few times at some QB camps, and I've always enjoyed being around him. Just great dude. Obviously, has a has a cannon for an arm. So just really, you know, excited to be around both of them. Obviously, both, both great quarterbacks, but great people as well. Um, you know, I really appreciate the way Carson carries himself and um, ha has kind of trademarked the audience of one deal. And that's, that's something that I've, I've tried to follow as well. So I can't wait for it. Bill Erickson. Sam, uh, 
teams talk to you at all about uh, just your running ability and using you in that way? Uh, you know, the way some quarterbacks have been used. Kind of cut out a little bit, but I, I think I caught your question. But no, um, teams teams really haven't talked about that. Um, I think that that's kind of an understood, you know, that I'm here to play quarterback and I'll do whatever it takes to to help the team win, and that's my mentality, and I'm I'm willing to do whatever that takes. Jamaila, hey, congratulations, Sam. Just just wondering, you know, thank you. Get a chance to to play with uh, Frank Reich, a guy who's. Kind of known for his ability to develop quarterbacks. What, what do you know about Frank? And, and I assume you're looking forward to, to, to working with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, such a blessing to be able to work with him. Um, you know, I'm just trying to soak in the moment and grow as much as possible. Like I said, um, you know, I'm trying to learn as much as possible and grow as a quarterback. And I know it's, it's different. So to be able to, to learn under him, um, I, I can't wait. And we'll go last question, Stephen Holder. Hey, Sam. Uh, welcome. Uh, um, I, I know that you obviously, uh, you're a smart guy. You know that when you're not a first-round pick at quarterback or, or whatever the case might be, it is you have to overcome some things. Um, just tell us about your makeup and and how you know prepared you are to you know to confront what it's going to take to you know to get where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. I think uh, adversity, you know, creates endurance. Endurance creates character, and, and character creates hope. And um, that's something that I build myself on. Um, whatever that adversity may be, I'm ready for it. Um, and I think my mentality going into it is just trying to make the team better, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I, I know it might not be a starting position right away, um, but you know, I understand that this is this is going to be my job now, and I'm ready to, you know complete my job to the utmost ability and, and, and helping the team in whatever way possible to win. And that's the ultimate goal at the end of the day. This isn't an individual sport. This is a team sport. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help the team win. With the first of their two seventh round picks, the Colts took wide receiver Mike Strawn out of Charleston. Mike, congratulations, first of all. Uh, I think I had heard that Michael Irvin was kind of a family friend or a mentor. How has he helped in this process with you? Yeah, him and, I, him and my dad were pretty good friends, you know, in their earlier years. And, you know, my dad also played receiver. Um, so him and Michael Irvin, they're both great receivers. They both, you know, really taught me and mentored me, you know, through my process of the game and gave me a lot of tips on how I could get better, you know, in the receiver play. Jamilo. Hey, Michael, congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. I was just wondering about, you know, the season being canceled for you in 2020. How did that affect what you thought might be, you know, this part of your, you know, the draft process and all that for you? And, and were you worried teams maybe wouldn't find you? Uh, I, I was I was sort of worried. I really wanted a season. But, you know, God had it another direction for me. Um, I would have loved I would have loved to play. But I knew that once the season got canceled, you know, it was time for me to take another shot at the next level. And I was really prepared for it. I was ready to go. I knew I could. I knew I can come in and compete and be an asset to the team right away. Steve Mulder. Hey, Michael. Welcome. Um, are, are you? So, t tell me about your your track background. Um, what was your first love? Was it track? Was it football? Or and and my, then how did they uh, play off one another? My first love is definitely track. I mean, football. Sorry, I love football. Um, track is something that I use, 
you know, to help for football with my speed, my athleticism. You know, I, I used the speed for track to help me on the football field. And, you know, so just growing up, you know, coming under my dad who played um, receiver for Bethune Cookman, he was able to teach me football at such a young age. And football just came so natural for me. And I really fell in love with it right away. Um, but like I say, track is just kind of like a second hobby of mine. And I used it for my speed for football. Just happened to be really good at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Mike Chapel. Michael, for those who haven't seen you play, what type of receiver are you? What do you bring to the Colts? I'm definitely going to, I'm, I'm just an overall playmaker. I'm going to come in and be coachable. I'm going to give championship effort. Um, I feel like I'm that special player that the Colts need, that the Colts needs. And, you know, I just feel like I could come in and with the tools I have, adding up with what we already got, that we can really be in the run for a Super Bowl. And that's really what I want to get to as a Super Bowl. And I feel like we definitely could do that, especially with, with the tools that we have right now. Michael, just a quick follow-up outside the box. You're wearing a Colts hat. Do, do you get sent 32 hats just in case? Yes, yes. S yep. Seriously? Yes, sir. So what are you going to do with 31? Uh to the trash. I mean, I don't, I don't need them anymore. Um, I'm all, I'm all in with the Colts. Um, I love this organization and I just appreciate them giving me a chance. You know, it's just, it means the world to me and my family. You cleared up a mystery for me. Thank you. Th there you go. Kevin Bowen. Hey Mike, do you have any um, special teams background in college? Um, not, not, not much. I played special teams in 2017. Um, so I, I have, some background in special teams, but the more I got towards my starting, the more the more that I got closer to starting, um, my coach decided, you know, he wanted to take me off of special teams and use me um, strictly for wide receiver. But I do have some special teams background. I played it more in 2017. Gotcha. And then can you maybe fill us in on your high school recruitment? Like, did you try and go D1? Uh, you know, it was definitely, it's every um, high school's, Every high schooler's goal to come out and, you know, be able to go D1. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. Um, Charleston was one of the schools that, you know, was patient with me. They loved me for who I was. They, you know, they loved my game. They was interested. I took a visit. I fell in love with the coaches, the teammates. And it, I just felt like it was the place for me. So, I, I you know, I, I came in, I, I committed, and here I am today. George Bremer. Like, I know you had to go to West Virginia for your pro day, and I heard you had to do some other events before the 40. Did you feel like, yeah. were you disappointed with that time? Do you feel like you can be faster than the 4-5? Yeah, I was definitely disappointed. I knew I could have, you know, put up a faster time. Um, I had to, I really had to bench press right before going into a 40. And, you know, put, after putting up 20 reps in the bench and coming back and trying to run a full speed 40 is just, it's hard to do, especially with me being, being a bigger frame, a bigger target. You know, I, I got a bit tight. I got a bit tight coming into my forty, but I, I knew for sure I could have ran faster because I did it before. And last question, Stephen Holder. Uh, I just wanted to clarify. Can you tell us um, what what your um, matriculation was? You were born in the Bahamas, but um, I'm not sure where you grew up here or there, or and what was your situation with that? Yeah, no, I was born in the Bahamas, born and raised. I, I moved over here to finish high school at Liberty Christian Academy under coach Frank Rocco, my 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year. Um, so, I, you know, I made that, my parents and I made that big sacrifice sending me over here to finish high school. So I gained that exposure for football, you know, moving forward to the next level.
So, but you had def- you definitely started playing football in the Bahamas. It sounds like there was, yes. there was yep. a, okay. I wasn't sure yep. how how widely it was being played. So okay. It's time for their final pick in the draft, Penn State offensive lineman Will Fries. Hey, Will, you uh, you obviously played all over the line at Penn State. How, how much do you think that versatility is going to help you uh, once you're trying to make a team? Um, you know, I think it's going to help me a ton. You know, uh, being a guy that can you know, play multiple positions and, uh, you know, play at a high level of those positions, I think that's, um, you know, one of my biggest assets. So I think that's going you know, to, um, you know, help me out a lot uh, going forward. Do you know if the Colts, how the Colts see you, or they see you as a guard or tackle or both? I think both, um, you know, I wasn't specifically said, but uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the versatil- versatility definitely helps. George Bremer. Hey, well, congratulations. Uh, along with that versatility, do you would you rather just have one spot to learn early on or do you think you know can you take in all that information as a rookie yeah you know I think I can handle all that you know preparing and playing you know both positions and you know seven games this year I think that um you know helped me and I think that um you know I want to do whatever is you know best for the team and you know help with the team in the best uh, situation possible so that's going to be my goal uh, number one goal no matter what Mike Chapel. Yeah, well, through this process, how much contact had you had with the Colts and had you had any anticipations on where you might go? Yeah, I talked to um, the Colts, you know, a, a fair amount throughout the process. You know, I um, felt like that there, there was a, a team interested in me going into uh, today's draft. And, um, you know, it was just extremely, you know, blessed and lucky to have this opportunity and, uh, you know, looking forward to making the most of it. All right, we made it through all seven draft picks. Now let's hear from Chris Ballard and Frank Wright in a joint press conference. Um, look, at the end of the season, if we go, if you just go through, so we lose, you know, Philip Philip Rivers retires. Anthony Costanzo retires. So there's a quarterback and a left tackle. Um you know, Autry and, and Justin are two veteran defensive ends that are no longer here. And, you know, so we knew we had some tough work, you know, to do. And, you know, to be able to get Carson Wentz in a trade, um, to be able to draft two young defensive ends that we think have tremendous upside, um, we've done really good work. You know, we've signed some offensive linemen, uh, you know, with Tevi. Um, who's played a lot of games in this league and, you know, we'll continue to scour the market, you know, but we knew it was going to be hard, you know, to all the things that we needed to fill. I mean, those were big shoes that needed to be filled. Um, And we're, we're happy with the work that we've done, you know, up to this point, but we still have a long way to go before the season. Um, In terms of our picks today, I mean, I'm not going to lie to y'all taken until we made a trade in the sixth. We were itching now. I, I, it's been a long time since I've been a part of a draft where we didn't, uh, we didn't trade back sooner. Um, but sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't plan these drafts out. You can't plan how the board, I mean, you can, you can set your board up to, to fill your needs. And, but I'm just telling you, you end up taking a player that's not as good as the one you as you passed up. So we want to always make sure we're taking – look, we take good players. Um, even if we have other players at the position, 
And, you know, it might be a year before they play, um, but they'll get on the field and, and they'll be good players for us. Um, and that's kind of what happened today. Uh, you know, when we got into the, we got into the fourth round, we took Kylan Granson, who we really like. He was at the senior bowl. He's an athletic F that can play some fullback. Um, he adds a speed element, you know, in the room that I think is going to really help us offensively, especially on third down. Um, you know, then we turn around and we take some, some depth at safety with Sean Davis, who, who we, who plays the way we want to play He's aggressive. He's tough. Um, he's got good ball skills. And then we flip and we take Sam Ellinger. Um, and Sam will get a chance to compete, um, to make the roster, and you'll compete with, you know, our two other uh, young quarterbacks that we have. I mean, I'll, the one thing I'll tell you about Sam, the guy just – he's got whatever it is, he has it. Um, he's been highly productive at Texas, and he's won a lot of games as a starting quarterback. And he's, he's, a, he's been a heck of a college football player. We think he's got a, a good chance to be a, a good pro player. Um, we took a kid out of Charleston, um, and Mike is a big target who needs some developmental work, um, but he's got a really unique skill set at wide out. And then I told you all there was some depth in the draft at offensive line. We take Will Fries in the, in the, in the seventh round, and look, Will started 40 games at Penn State. He's got a lot of versatility. He can play guard and tackle, uh, which is important. Um, so we're excited. We're excited about all the guys we, you know, we've uh, we drafted today and, and our guys are still currently down working on undrafted free agents right now. Um, so we're excited and we're ready to go. All right. Let's try. Let's try Mike Chappell for Chris. Chris, I'm, I'm curious with, with the role you've got in, in building this roster. When you walk away from today, these three days, do you look at what you were able to do? or what you weren't able to do for whatever reason, things that still have to be done, which, which do you dwell on? Um, no, we're excited about what we were able to do. I mean, look, we, there's, I mean, there's positions that we would like to have addressed. It just didn't work out that way. Either a player got taken in front of us um, or it just didn't line up at the time. Um, but we're excited about what we got done in the draft. We got some really good football players here. And, you know, we made our – there's no question in my mind we made our defensive front better. We'll go George Bremer for coach. Coach, you had mentioned earlier uh, in the offseason you wanted to get that, that kind of field stretching tight end. I'm assuming you feel like Granson is that guy? Yeah, no, we are. Like Chris said, we're very excited about Kyle and, and, and what he brings, the dimensions he brings. He's – you know, when you watch the tape, he's just – you see he's explosive. Um, he's – he has explosive speed. He has quickness, foot and body quickness. Um, he all, he's also dynamic with the football in his hand, well, you know, as a tight end, which which that that can be a great element for our offense. And you know, we like to think we we're, we know what we're doing when we're using that position. But I think he'll complement the other guys well. Um, very versatile. We can put him in the backfield. This is a highly intelligent player. You know, that room is a very productive room, and they, they, they need to complement each other, and I think he adds an important piece to our offense. Joel Erickson for Coach. Frank, uh, how, how do you feel about left tackle right now and, and where you guys sit? I feel good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all, as you guys know, Joel, uh, Joel and the rest of you, like 
I go into the draft, I'm so excited because we're going to add to what I think is an already really good football team and with a bunch of good players. So, um, you know, we're excited about the guys that we have. We'll continue to work and develop, figure out um, how we put the five best guys out there, you know, for, um, you know, to start the season. You know, like Chris has mentioned to you, you know, the thought going in is try to leave guys where they're at. Um, but we're always open and working it day by day. Um, Sam, Sam has played a lot of football, so um, we're confident that we're going to have five, a, a winning combination up there. Zach Kiefer for Chris. Chris, um, was the was the defensive front a focus at the start of this draft? Was it? I want to. We're going to use our premium picks to build that up, or was it just a a, a byproduct of how the how the board fell? Well, it, it, I think it's twofold. Um, one, we knew we wanted to add some more young talent there, all right, and then that's just kind of how it fell. Um, and, you know, you know, when we took, you know, with our first round pick, you know, pay, you know, he was the best player on the board at the time and fit us. And from a, not only from an athletic and performance standpoint, but from a character standpoint, which I think you all know, um, we put a, I mean, that's a premium for us who we bring in the building, you know, and then I think you've heard my words on, on Dio last night, you know, we, we thought he was a first round talent. And it's hard to pass up a guy that you have that high, even with the circumstances with the injury. Um, so it just kind of worked out that way. Mike Wells. Hey, Chris, I wanted to continue to circle back to your left tackle. When you guys went into the draft, did you look at it as not as big of a need in that position, considering what you guys have done and what you can do potentially between now and September? Or did you look at it as maybe the left tackle position was not as deep? As maybe some people thought. All right, you kind of cut out there at the end, but let me see if I can decipher it. Um, no, I mean, look, anytime you have a player like Anthony Costanzo retire, it's a it's a need. Um, and we signed some guys that we think are pretty good football players. But saying that, it just didn't match up at that point in the draft. I mean, you know, and, I, and I'd be honest, I mean – like how many true left tackles were in the draft? I don't have the number exactly, but, you know, prototypically, you know, some of these guys, you know, maybe they end up playing left tackle. We'll see if they end up staying there their whole careers. Um, but you want, if you're going to draft a guy that high and you're drafting him to play left tackle, um, you'd like to know that he's going to be able to do it for his whole career. Kevin Bone for coach. Frank, um, <clears throat> on Sam, it seems like his skill set is – much different than Jacobs was evaluation of Sam. Um, you know, first, first, just the character. That more than anything, I think Sam is just just a winner. I mean, I think he's a winner. I think he has those intangible traits that it takes at this position um, to be a good decision maker. Uh, I think he has the traits of what it takes to have poise under pressure. No moments too big. Um, Kevin, the other thing that really jumps off the tape when you watch him is, is his ability to extend plays. I think he has a, he's a very, he's very dynamic in that regard. Um, you know, he doesn't have, you know, when you look at his 40 time or any of those numbers, you're not going to be wild. But when you watch the tape, you see a guy who's very elusive, uh, very good vision, uh, very good balance um, when he's moving in the pocket and, and a real knack. 
uh, to make plays when he's moving. So I think that's what sticks out more than anything. Do you still want Jacob in that kind of the lead second team reps in the offseason and then just kind of bring Sam along? I mean, I think it'll be, uh, you know, Jacob is in that position right now, but it, it's this is a prove it league, right? I mean, he's he's in that role, but there will be competition and we'll split up the reps. I don't know if they'll be equal, how it'll be at this point, but uh, everybody will get a chance and we're, we're excited about Jalen Morton getting a chance as well. We believe he has some talent. So um, those guys will those guys will all get an opportunity. Jim Maiello for Chris. Hey, Chris, you, you kind of touched on this, I think, at the beginning, but how much immediate impact do you think you're getting from, from this rookie class? Because it seems like you got a lot of guys with huge upside, a lot of tools, but maybe need some time to develop. Let me, let me say this about the draft. Every GM right now is up here talking to the media, <clears throat> telling them we just hit a home run. All right, so now let's get to the real world. It, I, don't, I don't care – like what I care about is what we think internally, internally, our coaches and our staff, what they think internally about the players we drafted. And we have a plan for each and every one of them. Um, I don't think they're as raw as people are leading on. Um, and I think they're good players. And when they'll come and they'll compete, they don't, they're not guaranteed starting jobs. They got to earn that. That's, that's, the reality of who we are and what our league's about. And I don't, I don't care if you're a first round pick or you're an undrafted free agent. If you perform, you're going to play. Um, so we don't, I mean, look, do we expect these guys to come in and play, you know, pretty significant roles? Absolutely you do, but it doesn't always work out that way. So they'll come in, they'll work um, and they'll earn their time. Look, we got some other kids here that are pretty talented too. Now. I mean, it's, it's not like we just had an empty cupboard like everybody made it out to be. I mean, Taekwon Lewis is, is coming on. You know, Teray is very talented. Muhammad has played a lot of football here. Rochelle had played good football, you know, with the Chargers. Uh, Banigou has a lot of talent. This is, you know, this is what you want. You want to create competition at positions for guys to play. And that's – like I always laugh this time of year because they'll come out with draft grades and everybody will make, you know, all these assumptions of what, you know, how it's going to end up, but you don't, we don't, none of us know the story of how it's going to go. We, do we believe we got good players? Absolutely. We do. I'd be stupid up here and say, you know what? We just screwed this up. That was, that sucked. Um, no, we think we did well. And, you know, if we're right, they'll come in and they'll play. And we, I think we've been pretty good at doing this. I think that's where the character really matters. Like players that have the right makeup that we're looking for, they hit their, we know they're going to hit their ceilings at some point um, because they're going to work. They're going to, they're going to fail at some point, And then they're going to be able to dig themselves out of the hole just because of their makeup. And, you know, that's, that's what we look for. Those are the type of you know men that we look to bring in this organization. Stephen, Holder. sorry for the long answer. Uh, Chris, um, I stepped away, so hopefully I'm not repeating somebody's question. Um, this might be hard to answer right now, but I'm wondering when you include everything you've done, Carson, free agency, the draft, and then you factor in the departures as well, do you think you're a better football team than the one that walked out the field in January? Well, I, every year's a new year. Every year you got to prove it. Um, so I think that 
Do I think we added some more talent defensively? Absolutely. Um, I think I've said it um, numerous times here. Like it's not, it wasn't going to be easy to replace Anthony Costanzo. He was a really good player. Um, we think the world of Carson Wentz. Um, so we think we have a very good football team. Now we got to go prove it. Um, what I think doesn't really matter because I mean, I can sit here and tell you, Hey, we're a no doubt Super Bowl team, but that, that's not reality until you go out and you practice and you play and you get better and you, you lose a game that everybody thought you should win. And then you, you got to go through the process and then we, we judge it and, you know, always judge it at the end of the season, not, not in, not in March, not in April, you know, not in September. I judge it at the end of the season. So I, I guess we'll see. I know that's kind of dancing around the question, but um, that's, that's kind of the world we live in. All right, we'll do two more. Dave Griffiths. Uh, hey, Chris. Uh, I was just looking, trying to learn a little bit about some of these guys today, but about Sean Davis, one of the things that pops up on a lot of different analysts is he's physical, like really able to stick his nose in and make a hit here and there. And I was thinking, like, you pair him with guys like Quiddy and Dio yesterday, uh, physical guys, not necessarily big speed rushers, although I'm sure that's a strength. But uh, I, I guess, did you have a specific uh, goal to add some physicality to your defense through this draft, or is that just a... Uh, uh, something that that happened. I think you can just look from the players we've taken, you know, throughout our tenure here that there's a certain athletic quality that they're all going to have. Like, I mean, I know Pay's not a speed rusher. I mean, he only ran 457, and he he just happens to have power too. And then Dio can Dio can run also. Um, and you know, and Davis unfortunately pulled his hamstring running a 40, but. We think he's got good speed, but they, I mean, look, to play defense, you got to be, you got to hit. I mean, it's a physical freaking game. And, you know, we think we added, you know, three more players that kind of, you know, fit how our other guys play on defense. All right. And last question, Mike Chappell. Yeah, Chris, I'm just curious, moving forward with the uncertainty of the offseason, rookie minicamp in two weeks, I assume. Um. Next yeah. week, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to have ours next weekend. Is, is it mandatory? We're, we're into that voluntary area. I mean, do you expect these guys to be here? Yes, rookies will be here. Rookies will be here. I want to thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Mike, Dave, and I will be back on Wednesday to share our thoughts on the Colts draft. Until then, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, downloading episodes for us, and please follow us on Twitter for all Colts news, notes, and entertainment throughout the week. Until then, again, my name is Joe Hopkins, and take it easy, Colts fans.